What if there's a way to hold Bitcoin only as your money and be completely, like, completely sidestep financial debasement and have better financial privacy? But at the same time, you can be interoperable with the legacy fiat financial networks, right? That's an interesting concept to me. Hello there. How are you all doing? Welcome to the What Bitcoin Did podcast, which is brought to you by Gemini, the only place I'm using to buy Bitcoin. I'm your host, Peter McCormack. And before we get into today's interview, I do have a message from my show sponsors. This show is brought to you by BCB Group. BCB Group provide online business banking services for companies in the Bitcoin industry. And yes, I am now a customer of BCB too. They heard about the difficulty I was having finding a payment services provider that understands Bitcoin and reached out to me. And now BCB's clients include major exchanges, market makers, funds, and miners active in the UK and Europe, but they are now also expanding globally. They've also got this amazing network called Blink, which facilitates instant free payments between BCB clients for all supported currencies. And if you are looking for a banking provider who understands and supports Bitcoin companies rather than creating hurdles, then like me, you do want to become a BCB customer. Now, if you want to find out more about what they do, please head over to bcbgroup.com forward slash Peter, which is bcbgroup.com forward slash Peter. Next up, we have Compass Mining, who are not just a sponsor. I am a customer of theirs, and I am back mining Bitcoin. And actually, do you know what? I've actually been back mining Bitcoin for about nine months with Compass, and I've already mined over 0.7 Bitcoin, which has pretty much paid off two of my S19s already. And it's so good to be back mining. It's been a really interesting year. It's forced me to learn a lot more about mining again. Now, anyone can start mining with Compass, and to help you, Compass has launched their Compass score to help you make informed decisions about your next mining purchase. The score highlights how good each ASIC deal is, and it's based on a number of factors. Price, mine age, difficulty, hashing power, and the current Bitcoin price. Compass has made mining accessible to everyone, and as a Bitcoiner, I'm happy to be supporting the decentralized growth of the hash rate. Now, if you are interested in mining, if you want to find out more, please head over to compassmining.io, which is C-O-M-P-A-S-S-M-I-N-I-N-G dot I-O. Next up, we have Gemini, who I am using exclusively for buying and selling Bitcoin, but I'm not selling at the moment. I'm only buying, and I'm also using the Gemini app for buying the dips, and I have set up a DCA with twice monthly buys of Bitcoin. Both the app and the website make buying and selling Bitcoin super easy, and Gemini has invested in building industry-leading security since day one. Now, Gemini are running a special offer for listeners of what Bitcoin did. All you need to do is head over to Gemini.com forward slash WBD and new customers will get $20 in Bitcoin when they trade over $100 or more on Gemini. So if you want to find out more, please head over to Gemini.com forward slash WBD, which is G-E-M-I-N-I.com forward slash WBD. Also, today we have Cake Wallet. Now, Cake Wallet is a non-custodial wallet, which means it protects both my security and privacy because it doesn't share my important information with unnecessary third parties. And with Cake Wallet, not only can I hodl Bitcoin, but I can also easily pay privately with Monero. Cake Wallet is accelerating Bitcoin adoption since they now support buying gift cards instantly with Bitcoin, and these gift cards can be used at over 150,000 merchants in the US. And the coolest thing about this is that I can easily purchase the exact amount I need at register and have the gift card appear instantly within my Cake Wallet without ever needing to wait for any confirmations. I can even save an average 2% on my purchases and Cake Pay only requires an email and nothing else. 
To check out Cake Wallet, please head over to cakewallet.com, which is C-A-K-E-W-A-L-L-E-T.com, or search for Cake Wallet in the Apple or Google App Store. What a guess, man. Huh. Brings us a bottle of whiskey. <laughs> it so, looks like a nice bottle, too. So this was Odell's recommendation. Yeah, absolutely. So you can uh, you can thank him or blame him. Dude, literally about <laughs> half an hour, Danny's off to the... Um, have to get the food because we're going to feed you after this. All right. And steaks uh, all around. Jeremy's like, do you want some wine? I'm like, yeah, not really, man. I'm not really drinking much at the moment. You turn up with a bottle of rye. <laughs> all down the drain. Salute, Cheers. brother. Thank you for Cheers coming on. in. Neither of those are Junseth pours. No, I think next time Junseth will just go straight from the bottle. <laughs> just a... Oh, that's so fucking good. That is a good... good. I like rye. Thank you, Odell. Thank you, Matt Odell. Thank you so much. How you doing, man? Good, good. I'm excited to be here. Well, it's good to have you on the show. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I've known you for quite some time. It's weird. Yeah, I've, I've seen you around at a bunch of these, uh, you know, events and social things, and uh, yeah, it's it's been great coming in and out of Austin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Popping into the Unchained offices. Yeah. How's my boy Parker? Is he good? Uh, Parker's the best. It's uh, he's probably the hardest worker I ever, you know, ever, ever seen, ever known. Always working on Bitcoin. Always in the office. <laughs> yeah, so Pomp kind of popularized the idea of the get off zero. Oh. He was a guy saying it. And we were like, yeah, so we've got uh, Sahil coming in tomorrow from uh, Unchained Capital, and we're going to be discussing get on zero. And he was like, huh? And I was even thinking, like, if we title this show get on zero, that's going to be like, what? It's <laughs> a bit of an anti-Bitcoin message. Yeah. No, it's, it's uh, I think that's sort of where where that meme was born out of was the, uh, get off zero moment uh, movement of like get off zero meaning uh, get into one percent of your net worth in Bitcoin just get off zero and this is sort of like coming from the other extreme taking to the logical extreme of like holding fiat for the smallest amount of time and I just think it's a fascinating meme. <laughs> well, we think you're fucking crazy. <laughs> yes, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, I agree. <laughs> and you, you, you clearly don't have any children. No. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we're going to work through this. I think it's a fascinating show to go through. Um, but this, you haven't done many podcasts. Just a couple, yeah. So not a lot of people listening might know who you are. I know yeah. you are. I know you're the shit, but a lot of people won't. So you, can you just explain to people who you are, where you're from? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'm a product designer at Unchained Capital. Uh, specifically, I'm working on the Vault product, so multi-sig stuff. Basically, how to secure your Bitcoin, get it off of exchanges, right? Um, so I'm a product designer, so I think about what's the experience of, uh, of designing products. So you get into the app, what does it feel like, what screens come up. Um, and I moved to Austin recently to join Unchained, and it's kind of a no-brainer, right? You know, a lot of us uh, get into Bitcoin, and it's like, this is like the 80-20 principle. It's the smallest amount of effort for the most impact. So it just made sense, like, you have to work in Bitcoin. Um, and I was interested in self-custody as well. It's like a perfect fit, unchained, perfect fit. Um, for that, I was doing design stuff at startups in the Bay Area, San Francisco Bay Area. Had my own company that got acquired, esports marketing stuff. I knew okay. you before you joined Unchained. I think, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. We met before, didn't we? Bingo, yeah. I was still kind of uh, just friends with Bitcoiners on Twitter and stuff. So, yeah. You'd, you'd been saying you wanted to get a job in the space. Exactly. I think I, I think I pestered Will. Uh, he's going to hate me saying this, but I think I pestered him for like a year or something. <laughs> well, listen, uh, Unchained, great company, yeah. uh, great group of people to work at that company, good location, proper Bitcoiners, uh, and to have a product designer come in is a testament of where they're going. But also, 
uh, testament where Bitcoin is going. We need good product design, and uh, to have someone like you in the space working is very cool. Uh, has it been hard? Just being a designer? Yeah, you know, it's. Uh, I think there's a lot of interesting challenges, especially when it comes to multi-sig and Bitcoin technical stuff. Um, there's a lot of Bitcoin products where uh, they sort of try to resemble traditional finance models where everything is abstracted. But at Unchained, we're trying to uh, uh, keep the ethos of Bitcoin really strong. And that's challenging sometimes. Like, what does it mean to use a hardware wallet or signing device? You have to plug a thing in and then weird QR stuff come up. It's, it's challenging to, to make that translation, but it's super fun. So I wouldn't trade it for anything else. Do you miss the Bay Area? Oh, that's a, that's a good question. Um, the weather is incredible, man. That's like the one big trade-off is like the weather is perfect. Perfect? What about this week? Wasn't too hot? In the Bay Area? Oh, I, I meant oh. Oh, in <laughs> Texas. <laughs> no. Oh, you mean because you've, yeah. the, the, you've got that kind of microclimate up there. Exactly. It's like 70 degrees year-round. It's perfect. And then you come to Austin, it's like, oh, it's been 110 degrees. But you get used to it, right? Pros and cons and the pros of Austin are just like an infinite list. And there's this one con. I'm like, that's ah, fine. How hot was it this week? <laughs> I think we touched 109, probably. Yeah. You, I know. It just it sounds insane. <laughs> what's that in real numbers? Yeah, what's that in <laughs> British numbers? It's got to be like 38. Oh, 43 now. Holy f- what? That's very hot. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So in the UK, <laughs> the hottest it ever gets, if it gets to 30, it's unbelievable. What's the record? In the UK? Yeah. I, I can't I can't imagine it being above thirty two. Thirty eight. Thirty eight. Wow. Well that would be one off. Yeah. One day. Now it's also a little dry, so it's not it's really not the worst thing in the world. I think you get used to it. And Austin has a bunch of like boating activities and you can be in the water, so it's or you're in the AC and it's totally fine. And the grid survived because of yeah, the thank surprise. you, Bitcoin miners. Otherwise yes. the whole thing would have collapsed and died. Yeah, no, it's it's been great. And I hopefully fingers crossed it continues to work well because I think we're gonna have this for the next month or two, probably. So what like a like a month, <laughs> two month heat wave. I, I think so, yeah. Damn. Uh, what did people do before they had aircon? That's a really good question. I guess you suck it up and you wear cowboy boots and jeans and <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Well, listen, I'm really glad to see you down there working with a great team and enjoying yourself. Yeah, uh, so couldn't be happier. Good move for you. It's nice to see you here in Miami. Yeah, absolutely. Nice, uh, come and talk to, to you about Bitcoin. Give me your Bitcoin story. Tell me, what's the background? How did you get Orange Build? Yeah, I think it was like 2017 when a lot of people probably heard about it for the first time. Uh, I, I literally remember where I heard about it the first time. I was talking to uh, one of my friends around that time when I was working on my own my own startup. And he was like, oh, I'm buying all these basically shit coins. Uh, and I was like, yeah, this is stupid. This is just crazy. This is a waste of time. These are all scams. But I was like, oh, the technology is kind of interesting. You know, that typical talking point. Technology is interesting. Uh, and I didn't really look, uh, look at it much. I think around 2018, I just came across some YouTube videos, uh, Andreas, of course, uh, and just went down the rabbit hole watching Andreas videos. And I was like, wow, this is awesome. Um, I think I shitcoined for probably two or three months, and then I saw the light, and I was like, "We all did it." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. But it wasn't too long. It was, you know, it's okay. And have you become hardened in Texas? Oh, yeah. Well, I was hardened before Texas, and then Texas just made my conviction like, pff, like impossible to break. Wow, yeah. you're surrounded by Bitcoiners. Yeah, hardcore Bitcoin maximalists. It's uh, highly recommended. <laughs> yeah, I don't really have that in Bedford. I think I'm probably the only Bitcoiner in Bedford. Yeah. There might be like one other person. Well, that's why you got to you gotta make a move to Austin or, you know, 
part of the time. Hopefully. No, I've got to, I've got to orange pill my town, man. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. started with a football team. Now I've just got to get everyone behind it. That's a great move too. I, you know, we need to be distributed. Can't all be in Austin, I guess. Bedford is the Austin of uh, England. Yeah. Yeah, I gotta make a trip. Just without time, the yeah. food, the weather, the culture, <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the ranch. Yeah, so our steaks aren't as good. That's true. Uh, we have zero culture. Um, yeah, soccer, football. We have we have real football. Yeah, we yeah, real. We, we don't chase an egg around. I, you know, I have no skin in that game. I'm not a sports person at all. So you are now. You're a real Bitford guy. <laughs> That's true. Yes. All right. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Come on, man. Come on. <laughs> fuck's sake. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Listen, you crazy fucker. <laughs> uh, I totally didn't see that coming. Look, I know there's people who are Bitcoin only, right? Um, and sometimes I wonder how Bitcoin only they are. But you've come out and you said, get on zero. Yeah. I'm doing this. I'm going to go all Bitcoin, right? Um. God, I got so many questions. Where shall I start? I tell you where I start. Just like, why the f- why you do this, man? Yeah, like fair play, but what? Yeah, no, no, hundred percent. And, and when did you start? Uh, pretty recently, I would say. I think November twenty twenty one. And we can talk about all the. Uh, what was the prize? That was the top. Oh yeah, right? exactly. It was like the top. So it's <laughs> it's a great example of like, hey, this kind of still works. I mean, it's totally fine. Okay. You know, it, it kind of sounds like cope, but it actually is. <laughs> you know, it's totally fine. I'm I'm totally great. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah. I mean, I'm wrecked. Yeah, I'm wrecked. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> no, but it's 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 kind of like if you think about the the user journey of people coming into Bitcoin, right? For the first time, they'll come in and they'll be like, "Oh, this is a investment. I'm gonna hedge and put one percent." And then you read some stuff, and your conviction increases, and you're five percent, and then ten percent, and then fifty percent. And then you read an article from Pierre Richard, and you're like, "Oh, this is not an investment. This is cash. Like this is savings." So you're like, okay, cool. I'll put all my savings into Bitcoin. But there's still that last bit of like your checking account, like you're, you're moving around money. Um, and I think in an inflationary environment, you can kind of tell that uh, the time you hold fiat currencies just like decreases and decreases and decreases and decreases. So like if you're in Venezuela, you want to hold bolivars for like the shortest amount of time possible. So when I went out there, I don't know if you know, I went out there a couple yeah. years ago, made a film, and I was with uh, Crypto Bastardo. And he's in this situation that's slightly different in that he needs bolivars from day to day, also needs dollars at times, but he holds all his money in Bitcoin, and he would just transfer out the, for the bolivars he needed on a weekly basis. And he said, even when the price is crashing, I'm still going up in bolivars. Exactly. No, and that's such a great insight. And, and to your point, he's holding... Uh, what did you say for a week? Like bolivars for a week or something like yeah, that? Yeah, he, he gets what he needs for the week. Exactly. So I think, at least in my opinion, the sort of the get on zero thought process is, what if you take that to the logical extreme and say, what if there's a way to hold Bitcoin only as your money and be completely, like, completely sidestep financial debasement and have better financial privacy, but at the same time, you can be interoperable with the legacy fiat financial networks, right? That's an interesting concept to me. Well, so what are the rules of the game here? You only hold Bitcoin? So I only hold Bitcoin, but I think one, one interesting nuance there is, I, at least in my opinion, I don't think get on zero fiat means you can't have a car or a house or stocks or anything like that. A chair. Exactly. A chair or you know, a cow, like a half a cow in your freezer. Like, I don't think they're mutually exclusive. I think it's just a mental model of thinking about uh, like rethinking the role of fiat currency, so specifically fiat currency. Well, there's certain things you can can't do without fiat currency. 
like holding a house is absolutely fine because you want to live in a house, you know. But I'm just want to get to the specifics of the rules. So you only have Bitcoin. Yeah. You get paid in Bitcoin. Exactly. So so I, I think before we get into the specifics, okay. it's useful to understand like or, or to try and get the mental model of like what we're talking about. Yeah. With payment rails, right? So Sats, obviously, we know can move on Bitcoin native payment rails. Yeah. So Lightning on chain, all that kind of stuff. And dollars can move on fiat legacy payment rails. So PayPal, ACH, Fedwire, all that type of stuff. Um, so the idea is, here's the mental model. It's like, what if dollars can be a payment rail, just one of the many payment rails, mm -hmm. to move Bitcoin, which is your cash, through space? So, and I think the reason for, for, for talking about that mental model, even if it's not very specific, is when you understand the why, it becomes very easy to deal with the how. And we'll talk about the how it will. But when you get the why, it's like now your conviction is like airtight. Like even, even risks like fiat currency exchange fluctuation, they don't shake your conviction because you understand the why. Okay, give me the why again. Like so, give so, me the hard why. Yeah, so, so the why is you want every sat that you're holding to be, you want to be able to sidestep financial debasement, monetary debasement completely. Um, and, and you know, have better financial privacy and all that kind of stuff. But you still, to your point, a lot of expenses are in dollars, so you need to be able to be interoperable, right? So, you know, your chat with, with uh, Jack Mollage of Strike, fascinating stuff, and everyone's talking about how the Bitcoin network can be this awesome payment rail to move dollars. So dollar to dollar with Bitcoin as a payment rail. And that's, that's awesome. It's so cool. What if we flip that around? What if we said, in addition to that, there's another alternative where you have Bitcoin to dollar or Bitcoin, and you have the dollar, which like, just imagine like a, like a cart, and it just picks up the Bitcoin and moves it to the person who wants the dollars. So there's a payment rail to move your Bitcoin through space. And it's a much, uh, it's an interesting conversation we can chat about, but it's like, at what point, like what, what even is a medium exchange anymore? If you want dollars and I'm giving you Bitcoin, what is the medium exchange? Or, or would strike if I send you dollars and you get Bitcoin? What is the medium exchange? I don't know anymore. It's like it's all payment mm. rails. <laughs> you know, it's like so. What are you holding, and what is the payment rail, and what are you receiving? It's is it a little bit like um, you know, like with Google Translate, they've taken to that point whereby I can speak into it, I can speak into English, and say you are German, you can have German come out to you. You can choose whatever language it comes out to you. Is it like that? Is that I can put in any, if we think of currencies as like languages, I can put any currency language in and you can have any currency language you want at the other end. Bingo. I, I think that's exactly how I think about it. Um, I only hold Bitcoin. And if you like, the way I think about it is whether you're paying, whether you're buying a cup of coffee or you're paying for rent, you and your counterparty, you have a mutual choice to use legacy, slow, less private fiat uh, fiat networks, or you have a choice to use uh, superior, fast, private Bitcoin networks. Um, and in the meantime, you know, it might take, some, take them some time to convince them, but, you know, in the meantime, you want to be interoperable. You don't want to be like Roger Ver and beg them to uh, upgrade, right? Um, you're interoperable. In the meantime, you convince slowly over time, their conviction increases. Um, like, we don't need to wait for uh, legal tender in the US. We don't need to do that. You can do this today. You can be on Bitcoin 100%. So. Wow. <laughs> We don't actually want Bitcoin to be legal tender in the US. We had uh, Aaron, Daniel. Aaron Daniel here yesterday. If you don't know him, he's, um, he's a lawyer based here. Uh -huh. And um, he's uh, quite the expert on the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. 
and he's been looking at legal tender rights and also where where, where Bitcoin plays within the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. And he brought out, was it the Tenth Amendment? Yeah, 10.1, I think it was. Yep. I'm going to get some things wrong here. I'm British. Um, yeah, yeah. Get a lot wrong. I don't um, think I know either. <laughs> but it was, it's something in there where it says, uh, states shall not create uh, their own legal tender apart from being able to coin gold or silver. Right, right, right. right. And he was explaining both the argument for that if uh, the, the founding fathers were, were writing that today, they would include, they may include Bitcoin within that because um, Bitcoin shares the properties of gold. You know, it's, there's no central party, yeah. it's transparent, it's you know, uh, scarce. Uh, whereas what what the, that part of the constitution was trying to avoid was states creating their own uh, fiat currencies and then essentially printing money and attacking other states. So that you had to have a federal currency and no states' currencies, but if you have gold and silver coined, you can't really do that. And so he was saying Bitcoin would fit with, within that. But he also argued the other uh, side where it was... it's it, the, anything, the wording was like... Um, it can't be anything but gold and silver. Yeah. And so, so he was saying, well, yeah. It's so, whether you take the literal de- definition. Yeah, it was or, very specific to being... Yeah, so he argued both sides. And then, you know, we got to the end of it and he said, oh, by the way, I don't think Bitcoin should be made legal tender. What was his argument for that? He said it would reduce freedom. That's, yeah, I, there's definitely some arguments there where people just don't want the state involved at all. Uh, yeah, he said basically exactly that. It was like, if you want, if this is the money that separates money and state, like, why do you want to include the state? Yeah. yeah. And honestly, that's that's fair. And like, when we talk about how I'm doing this and how many other people are doing this, we can get into like, why it's not super a big deal. Like, it would be nice, but it's not really changing my behavior at all. Yeah, he, he thinks there's other things that can give regulatory clarity and make life better. The tax, the tax rules, for example, one of the most important ones, shit. That's another thing we're, we're definitely <laughs> yeah. going to have to talk about with that. Absolutely, yeah. Um, but um, but yeah, he was like he, he. I can't remember exactly how he explained it, but he said by making Bitcoin legal tender, you're you're essentially reducing freedom because the state becomes involved in it. Just leave it, you know, separate it out. So I understand why you're doing it, but just I want to go back to the rules a little bit. Um, so at the point you made the decision, did you then go into your bank accounts and just literally empty it into Bitcoin? Yeah, actually. So uh, I'm not sure if they're still a sponsor, but one of your one of your sponsors at the time, uh, LVL level. Yeah, uh, Chris, great guy. Um, I started using their product, and it, is that because you heard about it on the show? That was part of it. That was part of it. Yeah, yeah. That was uh, you know I was like, oh man, it's on Pete's podcast. Mark, 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 and work. All right, all right. Let's see. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's, a, it's well, yeah. Well, their product is designed to allow people to do that exactly, and that's that's the direction they're going in, and their whole team is focused on that. And it's fascinating because um, what their vision is is exactly what I'm saying. It's like Bitcoin is your money, and you're interoperable with ACH and, and wire and all that. So to your point, uh, when I found that product, I was like, all right, let me just uh, take my checking account dollars. It's not a ton. It was like it's a good amount of dollars. Whatever the dollars I had, a couple hundred thousand, yeah, a couple hundred k, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Couple million, <laughs> yeah, a couple of million. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And I was just like, market buy, screw it, done. <laughs> yeah, done. And then I was like, and now obviously, when I say I'm a hundred percent, there's like maybe ten bucks in my wallet or something. Well, like, I was, was going <laughs> to come back to that. So no, no, I've got a logical, yeah, yeah, uh, way to work through this. So you did that. Yeah. Did you get rid of your bank account? No, exactly, because Level in some ways is a bank account. 
Like it's a Bitcoin bank. No, but like, did, don't tell the bank because of K, K, uh, because of privacy. But like Chase, whoever. Oh, were you with a bank like that? Yeah. And I, did you get rid of it? Exactly. So I was using um, Ally Bank. Okay. Uh, and the only reason I haven't gotten rid of it is because well, it's zero. The, the balance is zero. The only reason I haven't gotten rid of it is just like logistical reasons. Like Level doesn't have check deposit yet, so I was like, if someone gives me a check, I need a way to be interoperable with checks. So let me, you know, deposit. And is there another thing with that, like credit scores? Like in the UK, we have something called credit scores. And the credit score is based on a number of different factors. Like, have you got a mortgage and have you always made payments? Mm. Have you got a bank account? You know, how long have you had it for? If you separate yourself from the financial system, you're going to separate yourself from credit scores. Now, I'm immediately figuring out the answer to that is Bitcoin doesn't need credit scores because you over collateralize with certain things. But that, that is something on my mind why would i keep if i was you why would i want to keep my bank account checks yes well you say that my bank actually revolut don't accept checks ah, because yeah. they, don't, they don't have branches yeah and and level doesn't either as of today yeah so there's uh so it's not for checks um i'm trying to think i've I mean, never received a check in my life <laughs> what never ever received a check in or, the, or written a check in the bay area i had to pay rent with checks this really? was like two what? years ago yeah it was it's madness you've never used a check i've I'm never had a checkbook i've never had a checkbook i've never received a check that's really strange to me i'm jealous i'm, I'm yeah a good three or four years younger than you so <laughs> how old are you i i'm very young i'm under 30. <sighs> sage starts with the two um yeah, so like checkbooks were like a thing when I first got a bank out. You, ha you had to have them. Uh, but I've also had them because I've had companies when you write checks. I mean, I, I haven't written a check in a long time, but I've received them. Like, like there's a couple of things. Uh, with uh, and If you're with an energy company, they overcharge you every month mm. to make sure you're always in credit. And then when you close out, they send you a check at the end. Yeah. Um, and uh, I got a dividend from a company that was paid in a check as well. And But then I sent to them, I said, I can't use this. And they did a bank transfer anyway. I mean, I, but I can't believe you never used a check. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so what else would I need a bank account for? I, I, so, I mean, I, I can tell you what I use it for. So I, I'm pretty sure I pay my car payment uh, with my ACH, through, through ACH. Um, you pay off the credit card bill with ACH. So I do use a credit card. Okay. So th that was one of the things you talked about. And... Okay, there's so much to get into here. Yeah, so, oh yeah, okay, yeah. so I'm trying to get, I'm trying to, so there's only holding Bitcoin, and then there's a separate thing, which is detaching yourself from the financial rails, and they feel like two separate things. Bingo. Is the goal to do both? The goal is to do whatever you feel like doing. So the whole point is to not hold dollars. So yeah. in my case, I'm okay with, you know, a little bit of KYC, I'm okay with using a credit card, it's not a problem for me. Um, there are obviously, like this is not a get on zero, it's a new term, but you have people like Max Hillebrand and Samurai Wallet and yeah, yeah. all those guys. They've been on zero before the hashtag was ever created. So yeah, yeah. they're like the OGs. I'm pretty sure Samurai Wallet doesn't have a bank account. <laughs> as far as I know, I, I think I saw him say that on Twitter. So they just operate yeah. purely in, see we definitely couldn't operate up so I tell you what we'll do at the end. We'll work through it. I'm gonna I'm gonna go sure. through personal and business and where I think for me it'll be difficult because, like I say, I think there's two things. There's get off zero, and get on zero. The, sorry, get on zero, and then there's uh, be your own bank, separate yourself from it. Yeah. So you have a credit card, but interestingly, with the credit card, you're not only getting on zero, you're getting on negative there. Bingo. Ah. So so get on negative. I think is even cooler. If you're okay with the, 
you know, being in the financial system and KYC and all that stuff, if you're okay with that, it's optimal to be get on negative. Because then I, you know, I don't like the word selling Bitcoin because I, I consider it using Bitcoin. I consider it spending Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. But I rarely spend Bitcoin because as long as your expenses, and we'll, we'll get into this uh, later, but as long as your expenses are less than your income, I rarely sell Bitcoin. Huh. So if you plan your, because one of the things is I don't trade Bitcoin, right? Yeah, yeah. I never look at the price and think, oh, it's low, I have to buy, or it's high, I need to sell. Exactly. Now, there are times I buy and sell and I, you know, the price is a bit shit, whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, the price is good, whatever. But I'm not an act. Well, let's put it a different way. I'm not an active trader. Yeah. So if I was living my life and I buy Bitcoin, I've got some money on the sidelines, okay, I want to buy. But usually I just buy spot, whatever the price is. I don't think, oh, it's going to drop in a week or go up in a week. Exactly. Um, and I'm stacking sats. If you're beating, if your income is higher than your outgoings, then you're always stacking. Bingo. Yes, and you're not thinking about trading. So do you run your expenses on your credit card and then at the end of the month you settle? Okay, so how do you set... So you work very hard, create some badass designs, so, yeah. you get to the end of the month, you get paid. How do you pay off your credit card? So because you know, in this example I'm using Level, but it could be any Bitcoin bank if someone's listening to this two years from now. Um, uh, income comes in because, again, Level is both a... Dollar checking account and a Bitcoin checking account. Dollars come in, um, and then theoretically, I instantly sell it for. Well, I sell the dollars for Bitcoin, um, and then, well, in, in my example, income comes in, and then I instantly pay off my credit card. Yeah. Right. And then whatever's left is just swept into Bitcoin. Huh. So, if you if you take an abstracted view, it it looks like what I'm doing is uh, I'm swapping into Bitcoin and then selling again and doing all this, but that's just like the it's like the meme version of that to get the point across. Technically, under the hood, what's happening is, yeah, I mean, you're you're still holding zero fiat, but dollars come in, pay off all your expenses on the same day. So your volatility so you risk you don't get paid is, in Bitcoin, you get paid in dollars. Paid in dollars, exactly. Okay. Because I'm not going to go and beg Unchained to like change all their accounting systems. And it's like, you guys want to use that because it makes sense. I agree. That's totally fine. I'm interoperable. And I can do that. Because you got level, they make the whole thing easy. Exactly. Level makes the whole thing easy. And they're working on making it better. So I, I'm, I'm glossing over some of the details. Like automation is still not there yet. So technically, I have to go in and put the amount in. It's a little janky. And it's, it's, a, it's, it's a new startup, right? That's mm. how it goes. But Chris has a good, I think, head on his shoulders. And he's going in that right direction. He's going to work on automation and, and fix all those problems. So that's the credit card. That's cool. What about, so if you have a card payment, they're, you don't usually put a credit card in there. It's usually a direct debit from a bank account. Or can you? Oh, oh you mean for a, for a car payment? Yeah. Yeah, so a card payment, I put in a direct bank uh, account and routing number. And that account and routing number is level. Exactly. Okay, so, so level gives you all of this. Exactly. Level Level's basically, uh, I mean, I, I don't know anything about their, their back end, but from my understanding, it's basically a wrapper on a legacy fiat bank and then a Bitcoin bank like a Bitcoin account, uh, account, and you have access to both of them in one app, basically. So, so that's the thing. Like Most of us operate our lives with day-to-day payments, and then like at the end of the month, all those regular payments, whether it's your utility bill, your car payment, your mortgage. Now, if you can put them all in level, your dollars come in, they pay them out, the remainder goes into Bitcoin, then the, the next month starts. 100%. Okay. Exactly. And, and while you're doing that, you're slowly building up this long-term 
savings balance of Bitcoin. Bitcoin is saving, as Bitcoin, Pierre Rochard says. Bingo. And exactly like Pierre says, the point of cash is to hedge against future uncertainty. So over a long enough period of time, assuming you have enough savings, it's okay if you, quote unquote, sell your Bitcoin. You're, again, I don't consider it selling. You're spending your Bitcoin. Using. Exactly. The whole point of holding Bitcoin is to spend it on a future date when there's uncertainty. So that's the way I view it. It's, you know, income comes in, everything is held in Bitcoin, and then when you need it, you spend your Bitcoin. That's totally fine. Yeah. Now you've explained it like that, in that as long as my outgoings are less than my income, I'm always stacking. Exactly. I always end up uh, every month with more Bitcoin. I'm, uh, my trajectory is fine. Um, one of the things is, though, is like, sometimes we're in very clear bull markets, and sometimes we're in very clear bear markets. I think bull markets are even clearer because we don't want to accept bear markets. Yeah, I think yeah. I think the psychology is a bull market starts. We're in a fucking bull market. Let's go crazy. And like even now, when we went dip to nineteen, you go to twenty two. It's the bull market starting again. I'm fucking in. Whereas the bear markets, like we've dropped from sixty five to forty. No, it's coming back. It's coming back. So there's a psychology around all of this. Absolutely. Um, whereby you can't. It's going to be harder for you to maximize Sats predicting price. So you've. Am I guessing you don't care about price? Exactly. I don't care about price. Bitcoin's my money. And over a long enough period of time, um, the value goes up. Like if, you know, if you've been stacking for a few years, like four years or five years, I mean, when Trump got elected, it, price was like $600, not $60,000, $600. If you think about that, that's mind-blowing stuff. Was it? Was it 2016? Again? I'm pretty sure. Don't quote me on that or you can look it up. But <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was something like insanely low. I mean, it was even lower than that in 2016 for a bit. It was yeah. like $400. Hold on, because the thing that weirds me out about that is Trump got in before I started the podcast. Mm. But actually, Trump got in before I got back into Bitcoin. And it doesn't feel like he did. In my head, it, if somebody said, what happened first? Because I got back in at the right end of 16, start of 17. Mm. And in my head, I'm like, no, surely, surely that was after Trump came in. I mean, it was 2016. It was when Fuck, he was elected. He started, that's so he, weird. His presidency so started at the start of 2017, but yeah, he was elected. But that's so weird because it just doesn't seem like... Because Bitcoin, Bitcoin years are like dog years, right? Yeah. And if you'd asked me that, I'd have said, no way. Like, I don't know why. I just... My immediate reaction is, no, that's not true. But yeah. shit. And yeah, it was $600. Exactly. I, that Bitcoin I bought to get that... I don't know if you know the whole thing about my mum. The reason oh, I go back yes. into Bitcoin, yeah. yeah. So she died uh, January the 12th, 2017, and mm. I got the Bitcoin at the end of 2016 to get her the cannabis oil treatment. But I feel like tr I feel like the whole Trump thing happened after that. It's weird. Yeah. It Bitcoin weird, timelines man. are crazy. And that and that Bitcoin was $600. It, insanely crazy. I, I definitely was not around in that time. I, I wish I was. Um, and then obviously March 2020, $3,000. Like we're talking about 17K being a dip. So I guess my point. Hold on. Rizzo tweeted out today the date where Bitcoin hit one cent. And he's, he's like, uh, it's, it's up, two oh. up 2 million percent since then. I was like, yeah. Because I spent $1,000 on Bitcoin. That's big zillionaire. It's, it's crazy stuff. And I, I try not to think about it at all. Sometimes it happens, but you can't think about it. Oh, dude, when we're finished, when the, the cameras are off. Yeah. I'll tell you about how much Bitcoin I lost in 2017. Oh, no. It sucks, I would, dude. I would, I would love to know just for the. It sucks, <laughs> just, oh, no. it sucks dude. Oh, that's fine. But, All right, but but that that's why, you know, a lot of people think like, oh, I, if if I went all in, 
five years ago, it would have been great. It's like, you're going to keep saying that. Just just do it. <laughs> keep doing Yeah. Yeah, but what if we're all wrong and we've had the the final top? Yeah, that's that's very much true. And honestly, if that happens, like I'm happy to go down with the ship at this point. <laughs> You're fucked. I'm yeah, fucked. Yeah. Danny's fucked. Our show's fucked. Yeah, it's everyone's like, fucked. <laughs> but you know, maybe that maybe the real all time high was the friends we made along the way. <laughs> oh, You're that so nice. Come on, Sir Hill. Come on. You make me need to be a nicer person. Okay, right. So you have the level account. Do you get a card with level? Yeah, you get a debit, uh, debit card, yeah. Okay, so you can use that to pay for a lot of stuff along the way. Exactly. You get an Uber, you can use a level card. Yeah. You book a flight, you can use your level card. You go to a bar, you can use your level card. You go to, hmm, the problem is everything's gone digital. I'm trying to think of the scenarios where you actually, you're going to answer this easier than me trying to figure out. Where do you need physical cash? Physical cash? There's probably, you know, uh, uh, a lot of restaurants, uh, bars that are like cash only, physical cash only. Okay. And even then, I think that's fine. You can go to an ATM and withdraw 40, 50 bucks, 100 bucks. With your bucks. level card. Yeah, with your level card. Because it's still it's just a normal bank, right? And when you do that, is it taking off your Bitcoin balance in level? So that's another question. Uh, that's another question where like casually I abstract a lot of that out. Today, no, it's not. Today, you have to like manually go sell. And then you get the dollars. It's still instant, so you can, it's not a problem. But there are cards you can get where you deposit Bitcoin in the balance and it deducts from it. Exactly. And, and a lot more of those things are coming out. And, and there's so much innovation happening here. It's like mind-blowing stuff. But you say you get to the bar. You're like, Pete, do you want a beer? And I'm like, yeah, man. And, uh, and you're like, oh, shit. So you go in, you sell 40, 50 bucks worth. Yeah. That puts it, makes it available for your card. In the dollars, and then I can go withdraw it. So at that point, you're always holding a little bit of dollar there. Yeah. So so the idea is just to minimize the time you hold it. So, so you're not on zero. I'm a LARP, yeah, basically. Fuck I'm LARPing. Sake. I know. Why'd you get me on here? I'm just Dude. a LARP. <laughs> yeah. No, you're trying to minimize yeah, as yeah, much as it, possible. And it. in some scenarios, you're like, ah, you know, it's like, fine. Nah. Do you, no, it, do you, um, the example I'm going to give is one that's going to annoy people that are going to call me a shit coin, yeah. right? But um, I plan to hold a very small amount of Monero. I've been following your journey, yeah. 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 And the only reason I wouldn't want to do that is because I, there are certain people who say, you're a shitcoiner, mm. you hold Monero, Monero's a shitcoin, you're not a true Bitcoiner, yeah, and all that stuff. Yeah. I plan to hold a small amount of Monero, like a couple hundred bucks, uh, and I, I want to play with it in terms of testing some transactions out, and if there are certain things I want to do, I'm, I'm going to keep doing it. Yeah. So in my, it's a similar scenario. Maybe you're going to always have that small amount because you you need it until you get to the point where you can be truly zero. But do you also have a small bit of physical cash? Do you always make sure you have some? I don't. There, there might be some lying around just because I forgot. But I, I never intentionally have dollars laying around. And even in the example we talked about where I might have 40 bucks, that's, that's more of a technical limitation than a philosophical limitation. So today, level doesn't have the auto-convert. Okay. But tomorrow, say they add that then I'm literally not holding dollars for more than a millisecond. Okay, before we carry on with the interview, I do have a message from my show sponsors. I'm pleased to welcome my new sponsor, Ledin, to the podcast. From savings accounts to personal loans and even mortgages, Ledin's financial services enable Bitcoiners to experience the benefits of their holdings today without selling their Bitcoin. 
and with the recent events in the lending market, Ledin demonstrated that their robust risk management strategy was the right approach. They don't actively trade or invest in DeFi yield generation, and they have experienced zero losses as a result of their strategy. Ledin only supports Bitcoin and USDC, two of the highest quality and most liquid assets in the industry. They are also dedicated to transparency, and they are the first digital asset lending company to complete a proof of reserves attestation, which they re-verify every six months. With multilingual support on standby 24-7, Ledin is there to support all your needs. And not only a Ledin sponsor, I am now a customer of theirs. So if you want to find out more about Ledin, please head over to ledin.io, which is L-E-D-N dot I-O. Next up, it's the Pacific Bitcoin Conference, hosted by Swan Bitcoin on November the 10th and 11th this year in sunny Los Angeles. Now, I've known Jan, Brady and Corey for years, and they're pulling out all the stops to make this the biggest Bitcoin-only event ever. I'll be emceeing the conference alongside Natalie Brunel and Stefan Levera, and there's going to be an incredible lineup of speakers. This conference is going to be the right mix of education and good fun with unique experiences such as a surf simulator and an 80s arcade gaming lounge, which I cannot wait to see as I am a gamer from the 80s. They are inviting all the smartest minds in the Bitcoin space to discuss a range of topics from macro to nation-state adoption, mining, and to lightning. Swan are also offering a massive 20% discount to this amazing event to listeners of my show, so just head over to pacificbitcoin.la and use the code PETER at the checkout. That is pacificbitcoin.la, P-A-C-I-F-I-C-B-I-T-C-O-I-N.la, and use the code PETER. Next up, we have Ledger and the world's most popular hardware wallet just got better. Ledger have recently announced the launch of the new Nano S Plus, and with its larger screen, it makes it easier for you to manage and verify your Bitcoin transactions. Now, the Nano S Plus maintains the same high level of security as all other Ledger products. And you know what? I've been a customer of Ledger since 2017. I love my original Nano S, and I now love the S Plus. Ledger is the smartest way and easiest way for you to take control of your Bitcoin. If you want to find out more and purchase a hardware wallet from Ledger, please head over to ledger.com, which is L-E-D-G-E-R.com. Also, today we have BitCasino. Established in 2013, BitCasino was the first licensed Bitcoin casino. Trusted by tens of thousands of players worldwide, not only do they have cutting-edge security, but they also have fast withdrawals and VIP experiences that money cannot buy. With over 2,800 games and tournaments to compete against other people and 24-7 live chat support, BitCasino really is the best online casino for Bitcoiners. So if you want to find out more, head over to BitCasino, the first Bitcoin casino to win an EGR award. That is at bitcasino.io, which is B-I-T-C-A-S-I-N-O dot I-O. Please remember to gamble responsibly. So do you keep a certain amount of Bitcoin in your level and then certain amount, the rest in multi-sig? Bingo. So so my my checking account, like whatever I feel comfortable, like in a, because it it is, to be clear, it's a KYC custodial account. So you don't want all your Bitcoin in there. Yeah, or or anything even close, right? So I have a very small amount um, and the rest is in my, you know, personal multi-sig savings. Right. Checking account, savings account. Bingo. And and honestly, you might even add something in the middle. You might add like a, you want like one Bitcoin in like a, a, uh, moon wallet or something like that. So it's still self-custodial, it's still private, coin-joined moon wallet or something. So there, there's there's a gradient to this, um, but I would consider level just to be your checking account or something like level. 
Have, have you found yourself a little community? Of, uh, actually, yeah. have you converted anyone to get on zero? I don't know if I've personally converted anyone. Uh, as far as I know, I, I talk about this to, to like my Unchained friends. I'll, you know, some of them think I'm crazy as well. Um, but there definitely is a, a small little community of like of uh, you could call them get on zero early adopters. And again, I don't consider us the early. zeros. Yeah, the zero. The zeros. <laughs> but we need a we need a cool uh, we need a cool name. Zero gang. The zero gang. Yeah, yeah. Little Telegram group. Uh, yeah, no. We 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 do have it. We do have a little uh, little fun group chat. You do. So there's a group of you. Yeah, it's it's a fun group, and we, you know we talk about a lot of this stuff, a lot of these strategies about um, how are you handling this? Like some people. Uh, use like a home, uh, a line of credit. You know, uh, we're talking about credit cards, right? Mm. Some people have a line of credit. So when they have a big expense, they can put it on the line of credit, pay it off later. Um, some people are like the more samurai extreme where they're no KYC. Um, I'm going to get my paycheck in dollars. I'm going to go trade it all for uh, for cash, like withdraw it as cash, go to an ATM and do all that stuff. Totally fine. I think the basic principle that, that unites us all is like we don't hold fiat. And then you can, yeah, no KYC. Do you want... Like I, I'm a sucker for seamless experiences, and unfortunately, the seamless experiences require KYC as of today. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I kind of lean in that camp. But uh, but directionally, you're heading bingo. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So has it has it been anything where you've come stuck? Any situation you've been like, oh, fuck, I'm fucked here. That's a good question. I, I I don't really think so. Aside from like weird technical stuff, again, just with. Um, some of these companies being new and some of these products being so new, but philosophically, I don't think so. And obviously we can get into some reasons why you might not want to do this. And also one thing I should be clear about is like, this isn't like a dogmatic thing. It's not like a virtue signaling, like, Oh, you're not a Bitcoiner. It's like, we're all going to be fine. We're (laughs) we're all going to make it. We're all going to make it. Like if you're 50, 10, 50%, 99%, we're all going to be fine. So the last 0.1% isn't going to change your life. Well, again, talking about to Pomp yesterday, we had a, uh, a conversation, and there's a, the philosophical part of that was, uh, you know, you start and you're like one percent, five, whatever, and you end up and you go the full hit, which I've done. But then it gets to a, ba- a bit where you need to pull back a bit because I've got responsibilities towards children, mm. and uh, when I choose to be entirely Bitcoin, I'm risking part of their inheritance. So I've pulled back just a touch. So I'm like, I'm not going to give the numbers. I'm still irresponsibly long, but I'm not like 110% anymore because of that. I, I, I You're a bear. To, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, I'm a bear. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm Fucking kidding. shit coiner status. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, but no, no, there, there are things, there are scenarios you think about that. You give me the reason why you wouldn't do it. And then I'll run through the logical things if I wanted to, where I think my challenges would be. Yeah. So I, I think one reason I thought of um, pretty recently, actually, I was talking to like a startup founder friend. And a lot of these startups um, and all these companies are like VC funded and their their expenses are more than their income. Like they don't have a good uh, you know, uh, income income statement, right? So in those cases, it's like, yeah, if you got 2 million bucks from a VC and it's like, you don't have good income, I could see that like being a problem um, for a business. If you're a person where, you're, where your expenses are more than your income, you have other problems to deal with. So as an individual, I see very few scenarios where this wouldn't work, um, except here's another one I thought of. Uh, I'm curious what you think. You're buying a house in six months and you need to put a down payment. Fine. It's like, <laughs> cool. You know, do it. Hold some fiat. No one's going to no yell at you for that. This is funny. I bought, I bought a fucking house. <laughs> yeah. 
and I had to put a down payment. And part of it was I was going to sell a bit of Bitcoin to put towards this. You know, it's a nice house, me and the kids, next step in our life. And uh, at the point, I think we're in a, it was about 40,000. It was 40 something, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, and then it dropped. I was like, fuck, I should have done oh. it. I should have done it then. And yeah. And then uh, dropped again. I was like, I should have done it then. And I think I, I mean, it wasn't not a lot of Bitcoin I to sell, but it was like at 28 was the point I was like, I sold a bit of Bitcoin because I've stacked now since 2017. This last year, I've stacked harder than I've ever stacked, right? But now it's like, okay, now I want a house. I'm older. I'm nearer death. People die at 43, 44 all the time. Yeah. The heart is a delicate thing. Yeah. Absolutely. You just go pop. So uh, my niceness is influencing you, Pete. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I don't want to die next year and have all my bitcoin in you know, unused i want to have enjoyed this last year yeah so uh yeah so i always i plan to sell like it's a small percentage of my bitcoin uh and eventually 28 i got out but getting out of that point i essentially what 40 down to 28 what is that that's about 25 percent, something like that yeah about 25 percent more it cost me but the thing i'm thinking about more is uh my football club if i wanted the same strategy it's highly irresponsible for a couple of reasons. Mm. We get paid at the start of the year by the sponsors. And through that year, we then have to pay our players, uh, our referees, our caterers, all the shit that we run for our club. Yeah. We bill an amount in pounds. Most people pay us in pounds. Some pay us in Bitcoin. The people who paid us in Bitcoin, the sponsors we've held, we're down like 60%. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But luckily, it's a small amount. Mm -hmm. If it held it all in Bitcoin, the whole thing would be down 60%. Our trajectory for the next year would be super difficult. Yeah. yeah. Because we're down. And I can't take that risk yet. I take the small risk with keeping some Bitcoin, and hopefully, that when that bounces back, it bounces back higher. But our, the, our expenses are, while they're month to month, we're paid at the start. We're not paid every month. Yeah. So that's actually another one for, for businesses. It's not just. Uh, if your expenses are are more than your income, like for a startup, I think it's also if you're if you're even an individual, if you're paid at an irregular basis and you can't really predict, like maybe you're a contractor and you're paid, I don't know, once every seven months or something, something crazy like that. That's a great point. And well, yeah, I mean, our team, our costs front load at the start of the season. So every month during the season, we know what the payers cost, we know what the catering costs, we know what the refs cost, we know what our streaming costs. But the start of this season, before this even the season even started, we uh, did a lot of work on our ground. We bought a tractor. We put in an irrigation system. We we actually paid up front for our streaming. We ordered new kits and merchandise. Like fifty percent of our cost was at the very start of the season. Yeah, yeah. So w we have to run. We have to run our business on pounds, but we are able to operate a Bitcoin wallet and store a certain amount of Bitcoin that we. It's almost the. Do you know what it is? It's the, it's, for you, it's the amount you're not going to spend every month becomes your Bitcoin, right? Yes. The amount we know we're not going to spend over the next year, we've kept in Bitcoin. Mm. And then we can do that. So that's kind of actually the same thing in Kinda. some ways. It's very similar. Uh, you know, you're, you're, if you're putting it aside, you're kind of spending it in some ways. You're like, I'm going to spend this anyway. It's kind of like the house example. It's like, I know in six months I'm putting the down payment, so I'm kind of spending it anyway. Um, I see that it's pretty similar. It's, it's almost like a known expense versus just like a, what a lot of people will do is they'll hold a year's worth of dollars as an emergency fund. It's like, okay, you're losing 30% a year by holding the dollars. 
Mm, I, not if Bitcoin falls sixty percent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah but that's a bad but, time to be saying that. that yeah. But that's the game. Like your one makes total sense. As yeah. soon as you said it to me, is that as long as my outgoings are under the my income, I'm always stacking. And that's the thing. Like I've always had this goal ever since. Like I got wrecked in 2018. Mm. Like fucking wrecked. I'll tell you the whole story. After. Yeah. I got wrecked, and I had to start rebuilding. And I always had this goal. I. Every month, I want to have more Bitcoin than I had the previous month. Yeah. That's, that's a simple goal. And some months, I did well, and some months, I didn't do so well. But I always grew my stack. Yeah. That was it. But get that wrong, time that wrong, you know, you can get in a difficult scenario. It is tough. Yeah, I, I agree. So I, I think you can find a lot of scenarios where it might not make sense to do, do this. And I think that's where it ties into, like, this not being dogmatic. It's not like a, you know something to like some it's not that some bitcoiners are lesser bitcoiners because they're not because they're holding fiat right that's uh, i don't think anyone who's claiming that is like probably a bad actor I, mm. I don't i don't think that's a good move i think it's more of like showing a way that hey this is possible for a lot of people um in certain scenarios right yeah. so and those scenarios we talked about is your expenses are less than your income maybe you have more regular income maybe you have a good amount of savings in bitcoin so that even market volatility you're like I have savings. Like, I can spend my Bitcoin. It's not a big deal. There is a different responsibility that comes with having kids as well. Just, just the certain things I have to think about with my kids. Expenses that come at different top points of the year. Like, for example, my son that's finished school now. Mm -hmm. He's probably about the same age as you. <laughs> He's going to go to university. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've got a new cost center that's starting for me in September when he starts university. I'm, I can't risk that. And yeah. I'm never going to risk that. So I, I have to partition that and I have to keep that in there. But but that whole idea of outgoing and income and, and being under it, it's a really fascinating concept. Huh. The, the thing that I can't quite get my head around is, so I, I'm, I don't know, 90 plus percent Bitcoin. And I, but I see that totally differently in the sense that like this is stuff I'm putting away for a long time. Um, but you say you want to get, hold fiat for as little time as possible to avoid the debasement, which I, I understand. But like the problem with the debasement is that you're losing purchasing power. But since you started, you've lost like 70% purchasing power. <laughs> like, and, and that's like a mindset that's kind of hard to get my head around. Yeah, it's, it's really tough. And that's kind of why I think getting the why is so freaking important. It's like... But then you're asking them to be a trader. Do you see what oh I mean? God. Such a I, good point. I do. Such a good point. It's like, I think the people... And I, I, I find you've this, decided not... To to play price bingo when I, whenever i see uh, and again I, i'm not like virtue signaling or anything but like but when i see hardcore bitcoin maximalists being like i bought the dip i'm like how did you have fiat to buy the dip like how, i don't get it because arthur told us arthur, arthur said H have some dry powder Hayes? arthur hayes because at the end of the year you're gonna need it <laughs> oh, yeah i guess that's a fair that's like the one yeah no but you're right like i said it goes all the way back to what i said earlier is i've stopped trading buy the dip is a great meme yeah, we should buy the dip when we've got it. But like, I don't really usually have dry powder to buy the dip. I, Or I do, but I'm still not buying the dip because that's the amount of dry powder I've always kept on the sidelines. I'm consistent. Yep. I'm, whenever I buy Bitcoin, I buy it at a time when my dry powder is at an extent where I'm like, that's money I don't need for the next year. And I just go out and I buy spot. And I've always done it like that. Absolutely. So I think I'm kind of operating in a very similar mentality, but with a con completely different model. The model being like whenever I buy, I just buy spot at that current price. Agreed. I have a DCA that's set up, but that's a small amount. But 
Good. Yeah. Say the podcast is doing well. Our expenses are low. We're at a decent point. I'm like, okay, I've got, I've got some, I've got some spare here. I go and buy. But I, I'm not. I never sat there with a pile waiting for the dip. Like right. I never sat there waiting with dry powder just in case. But that's just who I am. Other people can time them. I, I know. <laughs> Danny knows that I'm terrible at timing the market. So I just buy when I've got the dry powder. And if Bitcoin's at 15, 28, 40, I just buy. Yeah. And you're doing exactly the same. I think it's the same thing. And it's just, uh, like you said, in specific scenarios, specific situations, you've determined that your risk-reward uh, situation is like, I probably want to hold some fiat because maybe you have some fixed expenses, like a loan repayment. It's like a fixed amount. Yeah. Okay, you can make an argument for that. Again, not dogmatic. It's totally cool. No problems with that. I just think, and this is not my quote. Um, this is a, a laser laser hodl on Twitter. He said this once. He was like, uh, "Is he back? I think he's back. Yeah, I, I, he's under a new uh, new name. Yeah, huh. but uh, he's back." Um, what was the quote? It's like, uh, yeah. So you've heard, uh, thanks. You've heard, uh, spend fiat, stack stats, right? Yeah. That, that meme. Yeah. He's like, that's a low inflation meme. It's like when inflation is low, yeah, you spend fiat and you stack stats. High inflation meme is get on zero. It's like hold no fiat, you know, save Bitcoin, spend Bitcoin. Yeah. I hadn't con- Danny, I hadn't considered uh, inflation in this as well. You're, you're guaranteed losing purchasing power. Like, people forget about. So even when, so, okay, so in the, the best way to explain that is when we go in sideways, you're looking and going, oh, Bitcoin is 20 between, say, say Bitcoin ranges between 18 and 23 for a year, and you're just sat there with dry power the whole time, you should have stacked sats. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but I guess when, when I said debasement, I was kind of, that, it's debasement and then the, what happens because of the debasement. Like, it's the whole thing. But like, that's not what's happened the last eight, seven, eight months, or whatever, is it? No, we've just gone to shit. <laughs> well, the dollar has debased. Now, of course, Bitcoin has also lost purchasing power. That's true. Mm-hmm. But I think people forget about like the massive rips that can happen, and you have no way to time that. So I guess part of the claim is like, if you're worried about the dips and you're not worried about like missing out on the massive run up, you're you're kind of acting like a trader. Like you're exactly. And 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 if I go back to the point where I. I hate the question because when it comes around, where people are like, and it's happened a lot recently, it's now a good time to buy. Yeah. I hate that question because I know it can always go further down. Yeah. My, I always just say to people, look, I don't know. I just, yeah. I don't know anymore. Fuck knows what will happen. Yeah. All I'll tell you is that when I buy Bitcoin, my intention, my intention doesn't always play out, but my intention is to hold that for at least 10 years. And I say that because I cannot see a scenario where any Bitcoin I buy now isn't worth more in 10 years. Mm. So when they asked me, I was like, they're like, I lost some money. Like, yeah, you asked me six months ago. I said 10 fucking years. Dude. I know. But just to play devil's advocate, because this sounds like I'm very pro fiat. Yeah, yeah. But are you not being a trader anyway? Uh, in what sense? Like, I understand, like, the conviction in Bitcoin. Like, we all have that conviction in Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. But you're trading your, say, guaranteed nine, well, we probably think more than 9%, but whatever. You're, you're trading that guaranteed inflation rate for... The price volatility of Bitcoin right now. Interesting. So you're, you're basically saying like, yeah, I'm guaranteed down nine or whatever, nine, 10, 15 percent, um, but I'm risking the downside of Bitcoin. Yeah. And, 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 I, and this is why I say it makes me sound really profit. <laughs> but like, I mean, in a short time frame, that's the risk. I think that's really the key is like uh, in, in, in the example we're talking about when you're dealing month to month and your expenses are less than your income. 
like I said, I'm rarely selling my, I'm rarely, rarely spending my Bitcoin directly. So in that case, I, I don't see that much, yeah, that's that fair. as much of a concern, unless you, your time horizon is less than two years, in which mm -hmm. case I do I agree. Mean, I mean, Danny's a real central bank loving <laughs> status cock. The moment I walked in, the moment I got the message, <laughs> I was like, oh God, Danny. <laughs> Danny sells Bitcoin. I don't think I've ever sold Bitcoin. He sells Bitcoin to buy watches. No, that's, I, that's opportunity cost. I don't buy Bitcoin and buy <laughs> wait, watches. Wait, wait. <laughs> he's, he's spending his Bitcoin. He's spending his savings yeah. to buy watches. That's a better way of phrasing it. Yeah, watches see, I, don't inflate the same. I, I, I don't see it as trading because you don't care about the price. You're just transferring to Bitcoin at the end of the month. You're following that strategy. I want more Bitcoin at the end of this month than I had at the previous month, which I think is that going back to that 10-year time horizon. In the end, who gives a fuck? You kept stacking and in 10 years time, you've elevated your position. Yeah. Bingo. And I, I think, Pete, I think why I like your show so much is you ask so many, you, you ask questions, like an infinity amount of questions to get to what the core of like, what, what is the first principles here, right? And I really appreciate that because my favorite episodes are when you get the, the most technical people on and you keep asking questions and eventually you get to like the root of the problem. Do you, do you know why it is? Why? I'm pretty fucking dumb. Uh, I, I don't believe that. I, I think that's part of your brand, and I think it's a really good one. No, I know. I, no, I gen, genuinely, I am. I'm, I don't get it. I still don't fucking know what NextPub is. Like, I, I can explain it. It's like right, your extended right. public key or your other keys derived from it, but I don't. But, but I w what I will say is I'm a, I'm a marketing person, and we need marketeers. Well, you need marketeers, but again, I think the way you ask questions is amazing, right? I, as a designer, that's my whole job. Danny writes all my questions. Hey, Danny. <laughs> I have a little earpiece in. He's like, Pete, say this. Yeah. <laughs> love, it, love it. All right, man. All right. So I get it. I get the whole strategy. Actually, it makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. I can't do it for my football club because I cannot risk the scenario. My football club isn't about stacking sats. It's about being sustainable. Sustainability yep. is the most important thing, especially when income can be irregular. Uh, I have fixed cost in, in fiat but I can stack a small amount and I can stack the amount over the next year, two years, I know we're not going to spend because if I don't spend that and that we see the, the price increase, that puts the club in a much better financial position. The business, the podcast is a business. For similar reasons, I can't do the same because I have to ensure, we can't live month to month. I have to ensure that this show is here in a month, uh, sorry, in a year. Mm -hmm. Danny's still paid, Jeremy's still paid, Emma's still paid. Freddie's still paid, Neil's still paid, Ben's, like the whole team is still paid. I cannot risk them not being able to pay their mortgages because we live it in a fiat world. But again, we do stack, but I run a strategy of making sure I have enough fiat for a year. Yeah. We're always a year. We're protected for a year. The worst thing happens, we've got a year. But we still stack Bitcoin. Personally, I can get nearer to what you're doing because my risks are lower on that side because it's about me. The As opposed to a team of other people with their yeah. salaries and stuff. I mean, yeah. with me, I risk me and my kids, mm -hmm. but like the, the kid risk is low mm -hmm. because I still have that income that comes in every month. It doesn't work out, I still have it in. I can still pay the bills. My business risk is higher because there's a seven people who rely on this business, yeah. pays their wages, and the football club's even higher because there's not just me and the management team, but there's the playing team, there's the management staff, and then there's the community that I can't risk. Yeah. So as a small as a small unit, it's easier. 
No, that, that's, that's such a good point. And maybe another way of thinking about this, and again, if you find a way that works for you, totally fine. It's not like a requirement in any way. But here's a different way of thinking about it. Maybe if you have enough savings uh, in Bitcoin to weather the storm of 80% drawdowns, and I don't know about you guys, I don't think these 80 90% drawdowns are going to last three, four years. It could be. I don't think so. No. So if you can, if you can ride it out with enough savings, with enough Bitcoin cash, not Bitcoin cash, Bitcoin parentheses, cash savings, you can, you can weather a storm of a year uh, and then just wait till it rips back up and you're fine. And you're stacking at the bottom and then go back to the psychological thing. Some of us are bad at stacking at the bottom. We're better at stacking as we're going up because we think, yeah, bull market, and we stack as we go up. And then it crashes at the bottom. I'm not stacking now. I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah. Which is why if, if Bitcoin is your money, you're always stacking. And then to me, stacking sats equals saving money. To me, stacking sats is not DCA. Yeah. Stacking sats is saving money. It's very simple. There's another potential curveball. You, you get it now, right, Danny? I mean, I, I get it. I'm just, yeah. I and it. you could do it, right? I mean, to be honest, what I do is not that far off it. Yeah. It's, yeah. But like, it's not a big jump for you to go, right, I'll dump my savings in. I'll buy all Bitcoin and then I'll run my expenses. I mean, I do. I I run my expenses of a credit card, pay it off the end of the month. Like, I is I'm not a million miles from it. Exactly. Yeah, but like I, I'm just saying. But I do have a buffer. I still keep my like a buffer. But you could go that forward. I could. Yeah. Yeah. I, except my wife would kill me. I was just about to say <laughs> that's the curveball. That's the curveball. I'm say. also not married, so that's <laughs> that, that's my next curveball. I was literally yeah. got, that's where I was leading to. I, yeah. I I know your wife. Yeah. And she'll fucking kill me. She'll fucking go, and then she'll kill me. <laughs> I don't have any tips there, unfortunately. But <laughs> stay, stay single, stack sats. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the secret. Yeah. Stay humble, stay single, stack sats. Oh, that's so good. That's the best. That's the best. Uh, I tagline. think. I think. I think. Stay single, stack sats is an evolution of stay humble. <laughs> I'm going to tweet that in a minute. I love it. Okay, go on. No, I was going to say. I, I think uh, one interesting effect of what's happened is. I feel so much more free to spend Bitcoin. Like a lot of people are like, oh, I, I never want to spend my Bitcoin or sell my Bitcoin. I go, I, I'll, you know, we'll go out to drinks and I'll pay Carmen, uh, you know, over lightning with Moon. And it's like, I don't feel bad because like all I have is Bitcoin to spend. I don't have any fiat to spend and feel bad about, oh, uh, I lost out. Well, you psychologically have to do that. Exactly. So yeah. I think that's another big shift. It's like when you're on Bitcoin, that is your money. So spend your Bitcoin. It's totally fine. Yeah. How how much are you are you using Lightning more because of this, or has it not made a difference? Absolutely, okay. I'm, I'm absolutely using Lightning more. Um, obviously, not a requirement, but most people that I know accept Lightning payments. So Moon or Strike or or anything like that or Blue Wallet, they're all Lightning. Um, there's some cool stuff coming with uh, the Fediment stuff. I don't know if you've heard much about that. Uh, what's it, Obi? Obi and, and there's a bunch of other in Bedford. Yeah, Obi's coming to Bedford. Yes. All right. I'm very excited for that stuff. There's some really good people working on that. I don't know if I can. Uh, we'll talk about it afterwards. I don't mm. know if I want if I should say who's working on it, but very promising Lightning uh, interface, but a very different, interesting custody model, and very good for privacy. Okay. So based on what you've done and what you've experienced so far, you must must have been able to spot gaps in the market that things that are needed within the ecosystem. Like if you didn't have level, some of the shit you wouldn't be able to do. Yeah. So you must have spotted things that level need to do, but like like wider things that are needed to help make your life easier. What's missing? Yeah, one thing I've been thinking about a lot is uh, even though I'm like a, a UX guy and I think about seamless experiences and stuff, um, 
I'm getting more and more to be like a, a privacy-minded person. I think about all my KYC footprint and stuff like that. And I'm learning about it from Odell and, and our friend Seth for Privacy, who you had on your show. Really good episode. Yeah, great guy. Yeah. Um, listeners should uh, check that out. Um, so I'm getting more, uh, I'm learning more about KYC and, and going down that route. So I'm trying to think about options for people who want to go down the no KYC route and still hold no dollars. Um, and I know like uh, the Bitcoin company, uh, Ben Price and Ben mm-hmm. Carmen, they're thinking about some of that as well. It's challenging in the US, but they're thinking about some stuff. You can already buy no KYC Visa cards and you can top that up. That's very interesting. But um, it, it's just interesting to think about those ways to, to spend Bitcoin, no KYC. Because imagine this, imagine if Moon Wallet, you've coin joined your Bitcoin, you bought it no KYC, coin joined it, put it in your Moon Wallet. Now Moon is your bank account. Moon is your bank account. And whenever you need to interface with ACH, what if you could spend that Bitcoin uh, with a service like BitRefill or uh, Bills.com, B-Y-L-L-S.com. That's uh, Francis's company. It's only in Canada, unfortunately. But or, yeah, BitRefill. Um, I believe, um, do you know Edge Wallet? I'm yeah, not, no, yeah. Edge. Yeah, Edge. So they added They've got to know what KYC card. Exactly. And I haven't used it, but, but I've heard about it. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I don't know how they've got away with that. I have no clue. I have no clue. I, I want to talk to someone about it because I'm like, how? So <laughs> infrastructure-wise, the main main thing that's missing is no KYC stuff. I think that's one thing, right? There, there's different paths. So the, that, that's what I'm partly interested in. I'm also partly interested in uh, a, advancing the level stuff. So making it more seamless. You hold dollars. I don't have to think about selling the dollars for Bitcoin. Or sorry, the Bitcoin for dollars and vice versa. Income comes in. I see it as Bitcoin. I spend money out, gets converted automatically. That's missing. That's really, it's like Strike. I mean, you know Strike. Yeah, of course. You use dollars on Strike. There's no concept of Bitcoin at all. You, you uh, scan a QR and your dollars are sent. So I want the reverse. I want like the exact reverse of that. And I think we're going to see that from, I'm guessing all of these financial services apps are going to converge. Fold, Strike, Cash App, Level. That's my guess. Yeah, and I think that's what it is. It needs somebody to connect all the dots into a single service because at the moment it's quite disjointed for exactly. you. Exactly. You know, you get paid, it goes into level, you need a card for this, you need that app for that. It's Which makes it hard to recommend, frankly. It's like when people ask me, what do you do with Bitcoin? I'm just like, just DCA. Like the stuff that I don't do personally, I'm like, DCA, 5% of your income, 10% of your income, and move it into your on-chain vault. That's kind of what I recommend because it's like, the tools aren't there yet for me to be like, go use this thing and yeah. And you you got to have a certain amount of Bitcoin knowledge, so exactly. like technical proficiency. Yeah, f- you know, trying to get some people in just to even buy some, like just to buy some Bitcoin. That's a big. It's hard. All right, now you need to self custody. Just just get a ledger or whatever. I, I said ledger, they're a sponsor. Get a yeah yeah. Know, but cold cards a bigger step. That's two. You know, you know, getting them to do that to go where you've gone. That's a long way. Eventually, we'll get to a point where everyone will be doing what you're doing naturally, but we're a long way from having those services. But there's kind of an interesting question there of like, how can you design an app like that to to facilitate that experience and think about like, what is a new user going to think about? Like, what if you could say, I want 80% of my checking account to be Bitcoin? Huh. And it automatically just like does that in the background. So you're always 80% Bitcoin and 20% dollars. We need to find a Bitcoiner who is also a UX oh. designer. Hold on. Who could this that is be? it, isn't it? <laughs> You've grifted yeah, us. I've grifted, yeah, this is all a scam. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Okay. We know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. 
We know why you're doing it. Mm -hmm. We know other people are doing it. Mm -hmm. How ahead of the curve are you with this? Like, are, are, are you are you running this part as a test yourself to learn from it? Like, what I'm trying to get at mm -hmm. is like, are, are, you, are you like kind of a martyr in this as well? <laughs> I I think maybe the first month I kind of felt that way. Okay. It was like, um, oh yeah, I'm just testing this out. I'm not going to talk about it too much. But then the more I was like thinking about it, it was like this is just it makes sense. It's like taking the the philosophy to the logical extreme. It's like, okay, this makes sense. And then it also added to the fact that like, I'm not the first person doing this. This isn't a new thing. Mm -hmm. um, like I said, Max and Samurai and all those guys have been doing it. Um, so I was like, yeah, Bitcoin's my money and I'm interoperable with anyone. Uh, I prefer to pay in Lightning because it's faster, it's more private, but I'm happy to work with whatever you want to work with. I'm not going to beg you for it. Uh, and I think when we all independently up, upgrade to Bitcoin independently, uh, we sort of upgrade the world in our own like personal ways, you know? So I think that's the most exciting part. Okay. Have you done a tax return yet? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I filed my taxes, uh, what was it? 21, 2021. Hold on, but you started this in November? November 2021. Yeah, so there, there wasn't a lot. There wasn't a lot of uh, buys and sells, but we can talk about yeah, what are some issues there. And yeah. Uh, Senator Lamas and uh, Gillibrand put in this uh, great bill. Yeah, you know, there's an awesome thing in there, and they wanted to remove transactions under six hundred dollars. I think it yeah. was from being having any tax liability, and that would grow with inflation. It's a great, it's a great bill. It's a great part of the bill, uh, but it doesn't exist right now. Mm -hmm. So for you, every transaction you do. But hold on, again, you're doing everything on the credit card in the dollars, so you pay the dollars off and you stack the sats. Now, I do sell some Bitcoin, though. You do. It does happen. And I think here's the key, and again, I'm not a tax advisor. But you're, only, you're only paying tax on when the, you've made money on the Bitcoin. Bingo. Only when it goes up. Yeah. And, now, and there's some more okay. interesting things, some more interesting nuances that you might find interesting. Uh, again, not a tax advisor. Look it up. Talk to your CPA. But um, as far as I know, as far as I can tell, within the tax year, you can offset gains and losses such that they cancel out yeah. within Bitcoin. I think that's uh, the wash sale rule, as far as I know, doesn't apply to Bitcoin. Yeah. So most of the time, you're going to be coming out zero anyway. Yeah, I mean, I guess the, the, the biggest point of this is if imagine you weren't doing that like, like that and you were doing everything with Lightning, you would have an administrative pain in the ass. Exactly. Now, I'm not going to say don't report uh, stuff for, for taxes. You should report. But some people may choose to not do that. And that's an option if you're not doing no KYC transactions. I don't think you should do that. I don't do that. But I file all my taxes. Exactly. And I, I declare here. all my Bitcoin buys and sales. But I definitely go, don't go through my Lightning purchases. I didn't go through my Lightning ones in El Salvador. I was like, fuck that. I can't be bothered. Come that's and complain. True. Give me the fine. The, the fine will probably be less. Because the amount I spent on Lightning, the fine will probably be less than, than the, the time wasted doing that bullshit. Exactly. And yeah, okay, so that's tax covered. Hmm. Yeah, I think a combination of no KYC uh, plus some new regulation that comes in, hopefully, will, will ease up a lot of these smaller transactions. And then the bigger stuff, yeah, it, it balances out. And it's all, it's not, like Level gives you a really nice spreadsheet. You literally give the spreadsheet to your accountant and they deal with all the headache. So it hasn't been a problem in my experience. Um, I'll keep you all updated. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything I've not asked you yet? 
part of this? Have we missed anything? I think we talked about the mental model. Um, we talked about risks, how to manage the risks. Um, I, I just really think it's so exciting to think about like how Jack, oh, oh, spending Bitcoin. We, we, we totally missed about um, right. uh, a lot of the stuff that uh, uh, Jack Mahler's is working on. He was mm. on your show with um, spending Bitcoin directly. So a lot of, a lot of this mess of bank middleman stuff uh, hopefully is going to go away in the medium term, you know, with things like uh, Jack, hopefully it will enable with NCR systems and you can go to Whole Foods and pay with Lightning directly. You don't have to deal with all this uh, middleman stuff. Um, but even then, like you're going to have to pay rent um, and then maybe you can negotiate with your landlord and say like, hey, upgrade to Lightning. You got any more questions, Danny? I, th I think you guys covered it. I'm going to extend it out. I do this very occasionally. Jeremy, <laughs> nothing. Nothing. You've got nothing. I, I, I appreciate it. It's just the taxes that scared me. Like, all that work. Microphone. Oh, yeah. I, I, yeah, it's a, the taxes that are scary. I, I think you literally... Come on, come on. Come on, Jeremy. Everyone knows you've called you out now. You've got to come and say something. Well, now you're answering the question. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's just all that work for the taxes that scare me. I love the idea, but the taxes. I think you, you get a spreadsheet. You give it to your accountant or you put in some software. You get a number that comes out. It's very easy. It, it, it really is not a big deal. And you're, remember this, you're only paying money, you're only paying tax if you're up in fiat terms. If you're up in fiat terms, that's a good thing. I, I think that the taxes are probably one of the easier things to, to, to talk about because it's, it's not, I don't see it as that big of an issue. Huh. Um, I like it. Fuck it, I like it. <laughs> uh, the the like me like I say me and Danny beforehand we we're talking about it and we're like he's fucking crazy. What the fuck's he doing? Yeah. But now the, the the light bulb and that was as long as my outgoings are lower than my income, Incoming. Yeah. Then I'm always stacking. The 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 difference between you and say me and Danny is we make a we make a choice. Right. I've got this much dry powder. I'm going to buy this much Bitcoin. And uh, you, you know, I don't know about you, Danny, but probably similar to me, you maybe go a few months where you don't do it, and then you do a bit, and then you don't, whatever. You're just not even thinking about it. You're just going, whatever I've got left, I'm buying more Bitcoin. Let's go next month. And yeah, exactly. And it just, again, comes down to the mental model of like, Bitcoin's your cash, and the dollar is not an asset you hold on your balance sheet. Like, it's not. Fiat is not an asset you hold on your balance sheet. Fiat is the payment rail. It's a legacy, inferior payment rail to move the Bitcoin through space. And then it's dropped off at your, at your counterparty. And you don't have to think about it. You don't touch it for more than the millisecond it takes to, to transport. But you're not, you're not thinking about it. You're just doing it. And then you're probably right now, your average buy price over the next year is going to be probably lower than ours. Mm -hmm. Because we think about it. And you're just fucking doing it. Yeah. And as long as you're, you know, over a period of time, five years, you're buying it 3K, 5K, 60K, 3K, 20K. As long as Bitcoin doesn't die. As long as Bitcoin, yeah. 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 Otherwise, you're wrecked. <laughs> then we're wrecked, yeah. Dude, it's wicked, man. I'm so glad you came in and told the story. Uh, and I appreciate you for doing it because it's, it is bold, but at the same time, it's totally logical as somebody who stacks sats and hodls. It totally makes sense. Uh, we're going to have to do a follow-up on this yeah. in a year. We're it's also going to speak to Max, hopefully, in Bedford. Yes, we're going to get Max in. Oh, hey, oh yeah, yeah, that would be great. I'm actually yeah. very interested to hear more of his details because I'm pretty sure he's more of like a no KYC type person. Like and he's a total be your own bank dude. Exactly. Yeah. That's going to be fascinating. So, so he was going to come in. We're, we're not going to oh. have any, there'd be no whiskey, <laughs> yeah. no gift. The shirt will be all torn. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, I lost yeah. it all. Yeah. I've been living in my car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but I'm still, I'm still on zero. I'm still on zero, guys. Yeah, I'm yeah, a zeroer. Yeah. <laughs> let's go, zero gang. Zero gang. Yeah. I love you, man. That's oh, fucking brilliant. I love you Keep too, man. doing it, dude. Uh, come back in. Let's let's get an update in a year. Keep crushing, and uh, I think Danny's about to make us a barbecue. Oh, I'm pumped. I'm let's excited. Take. Wicked. Thank you. Awesome. Okay. Thanks for listening to What Bitcoin Did. If you want to reach out to me, please do get in touch. My email is hello at whatbitcoindid.com. I do try and reply to all messages, but you can also go and check out my Telegram group. There's a bunch of people in there always talking about Bitcoin. All right, I will see you all very, very soon.